0: What's up, everybody? Welcome! to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, April 9th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. What's
1: good, Greg? This
0: outfit I walked in, stunning as always. Oh, thank you. Is this a new jacket? I haven't seen this jacket. No,
1: I've worn this jacket a couple of times in the last few months, but I like to bring it out in springtime because the sun is out, the flowers are blooming. So it's time for the white jacket. I don't subscribe to this rule about only wear white between Memorial and Labor Day. That's BS. That's that's a weird one, remember that? I feel like
0: all those rules are gone now. All yep. the rules, you Pretty know, our much. parents had to live by, they're done. If Nobody I want to wear white
1: shoes in January, I'm going to wear Just white shoes in January. You know what I mean?
0: They're going to get scuffed up with salt most of the time, but you're fine. Who it's cares? true. Yeah, I don't miss that about winter calling. white, Greg. Ugh, yeah. No, thank you. Hey, Andrea. Yes. Thanks so much for doing so much work around here the past couple of days.
1: Hey, I'm happy to help out. How was New York? We were talking about how many people showed up.
0: New York was insane. Thank you, everybody, who came to the Kind of Funny World Tour meet and greet in New York City. You were incredible, amazing. It was like a five and a half hour meet and greet that Damn. was shut down by the bar, then shut down by the sun, then shut down by the guy who would not leave the Starbucks bathroom when I had to pee so bad. <laughs> wow. Because the idea was the bar was too crowded. It We've run out of time. There's still hundreds of people we all needed to meet so they were like greg you have the longest line we're going to move you to a park close by and i said all right that's interesting but that's that's us let's do it and the park not that close by and it turns out not that close by a bathroom either so real soon i had to pee but i signed for another few hours took photos for a while and then finally i was like all right everybody we got to go and i took my line back up to where i was going to the bar and then i see andrea starbucks i see the starbucks right there i'm like perfect let me run in there and pee. It'll be great. I go in the Starbucks and it's that nightmare scenario where you see one other guy making the t- towards the bathroom. I'm like, oh no. And he opens the door first and he's got a duffel bag. And I'm like,
1: oh, oh no. no. So I
0: sat there a good 15 minutes while he did whatever he did in there with that duffel bag and clothing options. And then he finally came out and I did you that. You didn't
1: feel compelled to be like, sir. Can I just pee really quick? I'll be in and out in 60 seconds.
0: No, because it all it, at that point, like five 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 and a half hours of meeting and greeting, your gears your, your are... You're aren't, a
1: little... Yeah, they're not,
0: they're not doing it in the right order anymore for me because it, when it was that thing of like, how long can it take? And then mm-hmm. it was also the thing of, well, I could always go back to I, the bar. I'm all across the street from the original bar now. But it was that thing of once I sat down, I knew it was that even when I st- st- stood back up, you know, I st- stood back up on one of these. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to pee so bad. <laughs> I got to pee so... Like, you know what I mean? I could not... I was not going to be able to... Hans Molman walk over to the other bar and be fine. You know, I get this you. is what happened. This is our last stop. Yeah. So yeah, then I came out and I signed for the few more people and then I found my wife. And it was a good time. It was an amazing time. Thank you all so much for coming out. Thank you to all the people who made me look really good at WrestleMania, by the way. Where. I was going backstage to do the watch along with the WWE people and so WWE people were walking me through it and I got stopped by like seven people on the floor of WrestleMania like holy shit Greg Miller
1: I'm like hey, hey. I'm
0: like, thanks for making this happen everybody That's amazing awesome. times it was awesome it was how incredible was,
1: how was the watch along we tuned in John and I were watching WrestleMania sure. and so we had the YouTube up on the sec- second screen sure thank you it very seemed, much it seemed like there was just chaos happening pretty in that much
0: room. yeah yeah you you know, you know WWE usually very tight on what they're doing their dot their, uh, com YouTube thing was a lot looser I just a, whatever. <laughs> people are coming, people are going. Wrestlers yeah. are coming in, slamming cupcakes in people's faces. I'm yelling at people. I'm eating cheese sticks off the ground. It was great. It was also incredible and cool. But it was a, a good. It was another cool thing to be backstage. Like, oh, I'm here with Mario Lopez and there's Brie Bell and this is neat, We're just chilling out. Fun times all around. Nice. You'll hear about him today on the kind of funny podcast. But that's not what this show is. This show runs you through things like. Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order News uh, Troy Baker and Borderlands 3 News and much more because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you go there you subscribe you give us your questions comments concerns bad PSN names and everything else under the video game sun then tune in watch us record the show live twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job go to kind of slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and roosterteeth.com as well as everybody listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you yes new york city was incredible yes they crushed the attendance record set by kansas city now the kind of funny nation turns its eyes to vancouver may 4th vancouver can you the coove can you bring more people than New York did we will find out Greg. But
1: you gotta rethink where you're gonna have it now well, make it bigger I
0: went to kindoffunny.com slash events we still haven't posted where it is so we're still thinking I think I don't know I, J- Joey knows
2: yeah Joey probably knows Greg I would li- I'm happy to report that this is the first meet and greet that I'm going to not in San Francisco
0: I'm glad to see you're finally accepting my invitation to come be part of a meet and greet, hey. ba- boss baby. That's where we are. You know what I mean? I'm glad you feel like you've come far enough in this company that you can actually come and be part of the fans that you claimed that you came
2: from. Well, I was actually invited this time.
0: I invited you to New York on this show.
1: He did technically do that, Barrett.
2: I didn't say I was going to pay for anything. I just said, hey, you're invited. He did well, also I was, say I was that, invited yes. and and paid for it for Vancouver. So. I also had to take care of your dog over there. Uh first off, your girlfriend did, and that's why I paid
0: her, not you. Alright? <laughs> so that's what happened. There. I was there and I helped. What I all I know you, you were know? great
2: you did a lot of good social media. You know what I
0: mean? It I got did. a follow from Jen on Instagram, right? <laughs> she had to see what's
2: going on. I uh I fed him, gave uh-huh. him his uh pills and treats. Did you wipe his tush? Yeah, I wiped his tush. Good, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Right. I was no, there.
0: No problems, no seizures or anything? No. Another funny thing that happened while you guys were there, apparently, or right after we had left—we're not sure. I did. Alyssa be- tell you this?
2: Oh, she told me about this. This story. is going to be
0: another kind of funny podcast story. Uh, turns out, a shotgun fungus went off in our house.
1: <laughs> a what?
0: We'll talk about it on the kind of funny podcast this afternoon, Vancouver, May fourth. kindoffunny.com com slash events. Uh, thank you to Patreon producers Tom Bach, Blackjack, D- James Davis, Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Hims and Harrys, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper
2: report (laughs) three items on the roper report
0: Baker's dozen number one Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order reveal is coming this Saturday at that there Star Wars celebration we'll start with Star Wars on Twitter who tweets become a Jedi tune in for first look at Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order this Saturday at 1 30 p.m. Central time from Star Wars Celebration Watch live at Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. Stay up to date. The latest celebration at Star Wars dot com at EA Star Wars. Then at EA Star Wars uh, tweeted out, don't stand out with the with the logo and the reveal of like this little thing and like it's lighting up you see it you see what i'm talking about it's I got look it up. it doesn't look uh, 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 uh barrett will you bring it up for the kids the can, oh the photo that they yeah posted. yeah you can go to yeah either ea star wars that's probably gonna be fastest twitter.com slash ea star wars it's got like it looks like they're trying to summon a, a fallen jedi you know what i mean they're trying to oh, f-
1: look at this tom bach
0: look at yeah kevin Cuella fo- follows tom bach right there at the top here you go oh there it is up there see so look it, it looks like what is this this is a blown out lightsaber is that what i'm looking at barrett You're one of these Star Wars nerds.
2: Uh, It looks, yeah, like a.
0: It looks like a seatbelt that didn't go correctly.
2: Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a seatbelt got torn off. Am I wrong? Yeah, it looked like the the bottom hat where where you scroll up a little bit.
0: Scroll Uh up to the banner. The banner is real tight on it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, a that's a lightsaber. That's a lightsaber. Right. Well, is it? Because where's the lightsaber blade
2: come out? Is that the top of uh, there? I, I imagine right here is where yeah, the... Oh, okay. I, I see. Out. I see. It's like and a tuning fork at the top. And then the hilt or whatever. Uh, sure. Kind of There's
1: got to be a Star here. Wars nerd in the Twitch chat that knows the answer to this question. Kindoflay.com
0: slash you're wrong. I'm yeah, say, you know, exactly. I'm just Exactly. Is and You is that, I assume, you assume it's going to be a lightsaber, of course. Yeah. It, it it's looks a like lightsaber. It's a goofy hilt at the top there or whatever. It's all blown out. I like the don't stand out. Don't, do you understand what it means, Barrett? So,
2: from what I understand, from what they revealed, very little of this game. It's uh, after Episode Three, but before Episode Four, and so this is a time where Jedi are not accepted or anything. So, I th- what I what I assume here is you're a Jedi and you're uh, on what we run. know so
0: far, Boss Baby goes like this. Ooh, Star Wars Jedi: Fallen Order comes out in Fall 2019. It's set after the Revenge of the Sith, so right. it's after Order 66, right? Yeah. Is that right, 66? yes okay got and, it. It, and, it, and from uh, one of the official lore's here it says tells an original Star Wars story around a surviving Padawan set shortly after the events of Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith yeah, it's single-player cool. only it does feature lightsaber duels how do we know most most of that information Andrea got it
1: Ooh. out there
0: talking to Vince in the audience at EA Play last year
1: I mean that's that's false we didn't give any of that information during take, EA Play. Just take, just take, just take. but I, I did uh, I was there when Vince revealed the name of the game so we knew that Respawn had been working on this in the secret for some time and I think there's a lot of fans out there that are very anxious for this single player experience after you know the shuttering of Visceral and the Star Wars project that Amy Hennig was working on Um, it's it's kind of you know a daunting aspect thinking what is EA going to do with the Star Wars license there was all these rumbles about them getting it pulled and having some kerfluffles with Disney after what happened with Battlefront 2 yeah. so I mean there's a lot of expectation. A lot, riding. A lot
0: riding on this game. Yeah, yeah exactly. so
1: hopefully the reveal is great and it's exciting after the wildly successful launch of Apex Legends Respawn is riding high right now so fingers crossed everything looks awesome. Yeah
0: I think the most interesting thing is when you know people talk about this game single player only it's going to have lightsaber duels it's going to have all this stuff i'm not saying it that respawn can't do it. Respawn's an amazing talented studio right but you just associated them so much with first person shooters right that to get mm-hmm. in there and have it be that it's going to be at least in some branch melee in some branch single player which of course they dip their toes in with titanfall 2 uh it's going to be really interesting to see and fascinating what they come up with and how it's going to look
1: I have faith that they can do it. I loved the Titanfall campaign in Me- Titanfall oh, yeah, too. Yeah, totally, totally. And after seeing studios like Guerrilla transition from FPS to, you know, third-person action-adventure, it can be done.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible. They're a talented team over there, Andrew. I'm not counting them out. Okay. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, like, you, you bring up the interesting wrinkle for sure that this is EA's—the oh, sirens are on our end. This is <laughs> EA's next shot at the, the batting here, right, where it is that, okay, cool— there were these rumblings there were people obviously audience members pundits calling for them to lose the license have somebody else open it up and then the rumors that yeah EA in the behind, the, or, uh, behind the scenes Disney was not happy Star Wars was not happy and having these conversations you have to imagine yeah that if this isn't a, a home run what happens what goes next
1: so I would assume that it must be good because they're promoting it a lot
0: right well, that's Star Wars though. That, and that's the other thing too is like I feel after the Battlefront stuff both games really no matter how good it looks come Saturday. So I, you have to wait until you get you get your hands and you get a in depth impressions and you know
1: True. how long the campaign Which is. Which I would imagine won't happen until EA play at E3 this year.
2: Sure. So yeah.
1: the, they'll do the big splashy reveal Star Wars Celebration. Hopefully we'll get some kind of CG trailer or maybe even a glimpse at gameplay. And then I anticipate like a deep dive into gameplay at EA, EA play. play and then fall 2019 release.
0: The idea of being, you know, this Padawan set after all the other Jedis are murders sounds awesome. I, I would love to play that. Yeah. No. Uh From kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Kebab says, IGN also theorizes that the Fallen Order device could be a Vibro staff. Don't get excited, ladies. It's actually a Sith weapon that is made out of material <laughs> that lightsabers can't cut through. So, all right. Good and to know there. I like that one.
2: Interesting.
0: We'll see what happens, right? Yeah. Saturday. Get your Vibro staffs ready. Ooh. Set them to fun. <laughs> oh. Number two, Troy Baker is not returning for Borderlands 3. This is from Alex Avard over at GamesRadar who uh, watched Troy and Nolan's panel over in Melbourne, Australia and busted out this thing. Quote, I'm, and I think he might have busted out from the It doesn't matter. Quote, I'm sorry to break it to y'all, but that isn't me, said Baker in response to fans' questions about his potential involvement as Rees in Borderlands 3, explaining that there were early conversations with Gearbox about returning to the role before the actor discovered that the studio apparently went with someone else when he saw Rees make an appearance in the trailer. Andrew, you're briefed on this of course Tales from the Borderlands the narrative adventure from Telltale Games featured a character named Reese that was that was Troy Baker that he was awesome at him and Laura Bailey awesome in that entire series the entire cast Aaron Yvette every awesome in that game That great
1: that game was great
0: amazing game and so then for me as a huge fan of Tales from the Borderlands seeing Reese in there I was like oh man they got Troy too what and he's an got a mustache. Cast. yeah he's got a mustache now uh, Troy went on to continue if Gearbox decides that they'll let me do it that'll be awesome said Baker I have no idea there was a possibility that I was going to be in it then I saw that epic epic trailer and everyone's like oh my god there's Reese and I went well there you go quote I've never done this before but I would love for Gearbox to know that it's not about me it's about the character Baker continued saying that if they're going to bring back characters from Telltale Borderlands it should be the people that originated the characters end quote How's that sticking your craw?
1: I would absolutely agree with that. It was—it's confusing to me that they would bring reason to Borderlands Three and not have Troy voice it. Yeah. I mean, obviously Troy's a friend of the show, and we're both friends with Troy, so we have a bias because we want sure. him, want him to do good things. But also, like that was such a a great standalone. Narrative set within the Borderlands universe that was really pretty universally well received. Yeah. If you by haven't fans, played
0: Tales from the Borderlands, go play Tales from the Borderlands for sure.
1: Of all of the things that Telltale did, it was probably my like second favorite sure. thing.
0: Behind Jurassic um, Park?
1: Well, behind Walking Dead season one, <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> Ew! I got you. I got gotcha. gotcha. you. See you what did I did there. there? That one
0: wasn't good. <gasps>
1: um, but yeah, no. This, so, so I don't know if this means that Reese is actually going to have a much smaller role yeah. in Borderlands Three but than we anticipated, a- or if they recast him. But I don't know why Gearbox would do that.
0: Money? You you would you assume money? It, Troy's yeah, a huge deal.
1: Yeah, I know Troy's expensive because he's like you know the top of the top yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean. I'm sure Gearbox can afford it. Two, that, you know who can? 2K, they're financing that game. Uh-huh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They got money.
0: To your point, yeah, obviously we're in the tank for Troy Baker, we love Troy Baker. I think if you went to any, though, beloved game, and we if for some reason we didn't know, and I'm searching right now for a game that <laughs> has a huge start that we don't know well, it doesn't matter. If yeah. I, I want to see that legacy continue, right? Because it was that the performances of Tales from the Borderlands were, the re, what, were what made that game work so well. On top mm-hmm. of the writing, obviously, it, it, but it wasn't gameplay, right? it was getting lost in that world and having uh, uh, the robot, the ball that Ashley Johnson played. Not Gladys, obviously. Uh, yeah, Did you play Gertie, right? Was it Gertie? Yeah, I think it was Gertie. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. What was Ashley Johnson's character in Tales from the Borderlands? Um, they were all so memorable <laughs> outside of their names, but their performance is right that when they mm-hmm. speak and interact and I want to see them interact with the people that you know we know from that Borderlands thing. And that was the other thing of having characters from the real Borderlands universe cross over and have their voice and have Handsome Jack there. Like it was... One connected world that I didn't think was going to work when they announced it. I was like, why would you make a... Borderlands is about shooting and getting loot. Why would I go and play a Telltale story-based version? But then it did work out so well, and it was such a great ride that, yeah, when I saw it in there, I would be more excited if it was a bit part, right? Where it is Troy Baker, and it is one cutscene I get with him, one interaction I get with him, and then he's off-world, or he goes, he gets shot or something, you know? There's a million fun ways to do that. Gordy is what they're saying, yeah, okay. But it, that's the thing they spelled it right. Gordy's. G-O-R-T-Y-S. But oh, yeah, that's and, right. It was, but it's Gertie, right? That's how they said it. Spell, now, now someone, you're wrong me phonetically. Uh, I hope they bring him back. I hope they figure out a way to do it. Yeah. I do. And it's also that thing where, and now here's where we're really in the tank for Troy Baker, is that I feel like Troy's a great guy. And I feel like if it wasn't just a budget thing, I feel like Troy would be able to, they'd, so, they'd be able to meet somewhere. Where right. Troy's, Troy, as Troy says, it's about the character, not about him. He'd yeah. want to be able to give that to the fans.
1: Maybe... Reese is going to make an appearance very briefly in the campaign, and then he'll be like the first like DLC pack, and they still have time to record his lines.
0: Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Um, If not, cast Boss Baby Barrett to be Reese. (laughs)
2: Hey yo, I'm a Reese.
1: Oh,
0: you didn't play the game. Okay, cool. Number three. Number three. Gordis is what people are saying. Capitalist (laughs) Pix says Gordis. Number three. Steam is losing another game, apparently, possibly to the Epic Store. This is Jamie. No, Jordan Ramey over at GameSpot. I just, if you had one name, Jordan Ramey, it should be Jamie, because I would just combine it like that. <laughs> Anyways, although it hasn't been confirmed, it looks like Anno 1800 is becoming an Epic Games Store exclusive. Originally scheduled for a Steam release, Anno 1800 will be discontinued on Steam after its release date on April 16th. Quote, sales of Anno 1800 are be- will be discontinued on Steam after April 16th due to a publisher decision to make the game exclusive to another PC store. A notice on Anno 1800's Steam page reads, the publisher has assured us that all prior sales of the game on Steam will be fulfilled on Steam and Steam owners will be able to access the game and any future updates or DLC through Steam, end quote. The notice doesn't list what other store is getting the exclusive, but given what's happened over the past few months, it makes sense to assume it's Epic. Since 2018, several titles have left Steam just prior to release and gone to Epic instead. Some games have been left, I'm sorry, some games even have even been pretty major AAA titles too, such as Metro Exodus and The Division 2. Prior to Anno 1800, Borderlands 3 was the latest AAA title to join the Epic Games Store as an exclusive, although it's only exclusive for six months, as opposed to the other titles' year-long exclusivity. It continues, Andrea. The Mm -hmm. fight, the war between Epic and Steam.
1: Well, I think that at least Ubisoft is, I, I believe that they're playing this right. They're giving people an opportunity to get it pre-ordered on Steam and are saying we're gonna support it on Steam. Post-launch, you just won't be able to buy it on Steam after launch day. So if you are really, truly interested in getting Nano, you know, get it into your Steam yeah. wish list or whatever, or pre-order it, and, and then you're all set. And then afterwards, they're saying, okay, now we're moving it to Epic Game Store. I think that that should be pretty uncontroversial.
0: Sure, but it's just another thing of bold moves, right? As yeah, Epic continues well, to throw their wallet around.
1: They announced a partnership with Epic at at um, GDC, didn't they? Yes. Uh, following the launch of the Division 2 on Epic Game Store, the two companies have extended their arrangements. So I'm reading from a Destructoid story. It says, this will see several major PC releases launch on the Epic Game Store alongside Uplay. Additionally, Ubisoft will be giving out older titles through Epic's free games program. So... It looks like Ubisoft is just lining up to partner with Epic for multiple PC releases going forward.
0: Sure. The Nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash games with a lengthy one. But of course, Nanobiologist rocks, and it was a pleasure to meet him in New York. He says, what's well, good, Greg and Andrea?" I know the topic of PC game store exclusivity has been a hot and pretty thoroughly discussed topic the past couple of months, but I want to bring another side that I feel like has been overlooked. I am writing in today because I think there's a point overlooked. PC gamers are not ones for generations, unlike console players, even though they've gone through them themselves in different ways. Think of it this way. PC started out as a disc-based, go buy the game and install it. Gen 1. Then Steam came along, allowing users one place to pay, download, and launch games, Gen 2. Now, multiple digital stores are popping up, getting exclusives, and mimicking the console markets, Gen 3. We've seen this before, but with less backlash. Each console generation, people jump ship to either PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, or to PC to play the next generation of games. But everyone is okay with this, because that's how it's been. Back in 2013, people were okay with dropping their achievements slash trophies, game libraries, and all gaming attachments to go to a different side, but not when it comes to a PC, even though it's free to download a new client. Maybe all this hubbub is because a place that isn't used to generations slash major changes is finally experiencing what most console players have gone through since the 80s. What do you What do you all think of these points brought from a tired, traveled-out man? Should this be a new way to think of PC gaming, or should I keep console gaming thoughts and rhetoric out of the pristine PC gaming lawn? <laughs> Greg, even though it was brief, it was almost a life changing experience meeting you and the rest of Kind of Funny in New York. Aww. The nanobiologist. It was a pleasure meeting you. Of course, there's a great clip going around Twitter of him f- introducing himself and me flipping out. Sad it came at the end of the thing where I had to pee so goddamn bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. What do you think, Andrew?
1: So. Uh, Fran and I talked a little bit about this uh, while you were gone and I'll just echo what I said then is that it's, Confusing to me why PC players are making this uh, This comparison to the to the console market because if you have a PC You don't have to buy new equipment to play with people on a different platform as the nanobiologist writes You merely have to download a free client So it's not like when Gary's playing the division 2 on his Xbox one and we're playing on ps4 in order for him hypothetically to play with us, we would either have to buy an Xbox One or he would have to buy a PlayStation. That's not an insignificant investment or a cost. When it comes to PC, you don't have to spend more money on another piece of equipment to play with people on a different PC platform. And so that's why I'm still confused why PC players got their panties in a bunch about this. Like we've already gone over the fact that the Epic Games Store has fewer features, we know that. Um, But they're going to be adding more in the future. But other than that, I don't understand why this is such a big deal and that's definitely
0: the horse we have beaten to death and then we revived it with paddles and then beat it to death again because we brought this up a bunch of different times and I've done this I'll do the same thing here I'm not a PC game player so I, I don't know so it was for a long time like man Epic's doing a lot of great things and then people mm-hmm. writing me like well they're not because of this and then people writing in being like well no they are because they have a Trello up that shows where they're going and it is this discussion as you say of yep Epic Games Store is far behind Steam in terms of features but I do believe they're working on it and I don't believe they're trying to be anti-consumer to all these different things i know that's not the the, that's
1: exactly opposite of what tim sweeney said last week yeah exactly
0: and i know that the 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 vocal i don't know i say the vocal minority because i'm not in this gamer space so i don't know the people who are most vocal about this on the internet completely disagree with me and don't see it that way they do see it as them being anti-consumer and that they are trying to take advantage in a bunch of different ways i don't i don't have a horse in the race i think epic is still doing cool stuff i'm Mm. with you though that isn't it just another I mean what uh, why you just launch I know how mm-hmm. PC people the reason you go to PCs is because you love simplicity you love it just <laughs> how easy everything is to do over there so of course you just want your one thing your one driver your one video card it's all perfect and simple over there but yeah I, and that's the thing where to nail botch I think there is a part of it that I thought was funny there was that Uh, uh I sent it around I think the slack but not on Twitter. That funny thing that I saw on Reddit, right, where it was, uh, you know, 2008 or whatever, PC players all making fun of uh, console players for their exclusives, 2019, and it was that uh, it was an image from The Simpsons of two mo- monkeys fighting in the uh, in a ring of people, and all the ring of people had like PlayStation. It was all console gamers watching Epic and Steam f- fight each other and everybody
1: cheering. It's just, it's I. I keep expressing my confusion over why people are upset. Like these kinds of exclusives paid for exclusives have been part of the video games business since like the modern console era, like since PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo all had to fight for it. Yeah. And it's been part of the last three generations. And like, yeah, of course Epic is going to pay to get exclusives. Why not? Everybody does it. Like I, people just want something to scream about and be, I, I, be well, mad about big,
0: one, And One part of it though is always change is never met well. Anytime there's a change in what you do and how you do anything you and I'm, I'm using the general you mm-hmm. not you that I feel like people get upset about it myself included when things you know I remember God when comiXology no longer let me buy books through the app because they didn't want to cut Apple in other percentage anymore mm-hmm. And I'm like oh, I'm gonna have to go to the I have to go to the comiXology.com to buy the books to use them in the app And I just do it now and I don't think about it and it's whatever and it's how right. it works, right? I think it's a similar thing here where to nanobiologist's point The PC gamer has been used to this landscape for quite some time and has Mm -hmm. just been happy with it. And so, yeah, the ability to jump in here and do this thing with something that has less features, you don't want to maybe support that. We talk about voting with your wallet. You don't want to support a store that's half-baked or whatever that you feel is forcing it on you and blah, 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 blah. I get it, but six months in a year, I don't think anyone's going to think that way anymore.
1: Correct. Or another alternative is if you truly are upset that Epic Game Store is pulling content away from Steam, voice your complaints to Steam, not to Ubisoft, not to Epic, not to Gearbox or any of these other publishers that are doing deals. Go to Valve and say, Yo, Valve, look at Epic taking all of these exclusives or these cool opportunities away from us. Maybe you should rethink your finance structure so that it makes it appealing for publishers to stay on Steam and support the infrastructure there. That to me, is where your anger should be going. Be like, Valve, we're your consumers. We're literally financing your operation. Listen to us and the features that we want. We want more exclusives on Steam. In order to get those, you need to make it financially appealing to the people making the games. So you know who's really in control here? Valve, that's who you should be mad at.
0: I just say be mad at everybody (laughs) especially us you know what I mean yeah fuck everybody that's right
1: I mean listen Valve just wants their peace and so unless they're willing to give up some you're gonna gonna see more and more people partnering with Epic
0: you say that you know go to Valve and be like we want we want more exclusive right I don't think that's what people want they just want all their games in one place ready to go blah blah blah, day and date everything's the same they basically wanted to do you think even if Valve now was to be like cool We've heard everything. We're ch- is it as simple right now that if they changed, the, if they, we're only taking 12% too from everybody. There is no more of this math in the background of how many you sell, blah, blah, blah. Would that stop? Has the train already left the station? Can they stop the growth or the the at least momentum Epic Games has right now?
1: Well, they might be able to slow the momentum. There's no doubt that there's a bunch of these deals that have already been done and that they're in the can and of what's course. done is done, right? But I think it would slow momentum for future deals. Because until, you know, Valve has parity with the profit distribution with the Epic Game Store, I think we're going to see more and more of these as time goes on. Now, it's, it's very comparable to, if you look at like Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and how they approach their third party partnerships, because... Xbox and PlayStation each have allocated budgets to buy content from third-party publishers Mm -hmm. to make it exclusive or exclusive first on their platform. And right now, Valve never had to do that in the past because they were like the de facto place to publish games on PC. And now they're having some competition. So either Valve needs to lower their Profit sharing, or they need to start ponying up for step
0: up partnerships.
1: To step up partnerships, yeah, that's yeah. a great call.
0: I never thought about that. Of yeah, w- you, yeah, you do see every game commercial right end with best non-play best place to play PlayStation. Exactly. PlayStation, of, I mean, like Call of what Duty it- is a
1: perfect example of this. It yeah. was it was getting paid by Microsoft for a long time to have exclusives, and then the tide turned, and then PlayStation started paying them. And it's like this happens constantly. So yeah. like, I I'm with you that I understand um steam players saying i just want all my stuff in one place i 100 percent understand that but i think that the anger is just misplaced sure that's all
0: i hear you i Thanks, think everybody's pack. just gonna suck it up in a year i think it'll just be <laughs> oh this is how gaming is for us now because guess what that's how it was for us isn't that right boss baby yeah when we all believed in the Vita and we said it'll never die well
2: I don't know if all of us believe
0: Well, all alright you know what Uh, I'm excited for everybody in the PC gaming uh, universe to get back to being happy and playing games and never yelling at each other Andrea but that's still so far away (laughs) if I wanted something more immediate like say what games came to the mom and grab shops today where would I go
1: Greg you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday
0: yeah out today Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Zanky Zero, Last Beginning on PS4 and PC. Dangerous Driving on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. You gave a great hands-on report about it on the Kind of Funny Gamescast. I Available did. now. Uh, podcast is everywhere and YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, yeah. Airport Simulator on uh, PlayStation 4. Falcon Age on PlayStation 4. Uh, Vaporum, Room. Yeah, Vaporum on PlayStation 4. Out There, Omega Symbol, The Alliance on PlayStation 4. No, Switch. Now I got caught up by the fact that there is the Omega symbol. Uh, Dissection Simulator Frog Edition on Steam VR and Oculus Rift. That sounds gross. <laughs> Vacation Simulator, Steam VR and Oculus Rift. Over the Cloud, Lost Planet on PC. Then, the Red Dead Online Beta's latest showdown mode, Plunder, is now available. Uh, this is actually upcoming dates. I don't know why I put it here. I'm gonna go like this and put it on there. Uh, Resident Evil... DLC is now available for purchase What I mean there is un- uh, You know what I'll let Matt Perslow From IGN explain it You can now purchase DLC That unlocks all Of Resident Evil 2's In-game rewards Including the 4th Survivor Mode And Infinite Ammo For a variety of weapons The all in-game rewards Unlock DLC Available now On Playstation 4 Microsoft Store And Steam Costs $4.99 This is American dollars And immediately unlocks All the rewards That you usually have to earn Through gameplay This includes The 4th Survivor The Tofu Survivor Unbreakable Combat knife samurai edge handgun with infinite ammo le5 submachine gun with infinite ammo atm4 rocket launcher with infinite ammo minigun with infinite ammo bonus costumes models and concept art ej writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says capcom release dlc for resident evil 2 it's not akuma dlc oh no you ass is going to be charged five dollars to unlock all the game secrets great the game has been out for months. The hardcore already got everything, so let the casuals get it. Fun. I've platinumed R8 two months ago. I finished the game about 10 times, but I never beat it on hardcore with an S rank. Why? I don't have the time for trial and error. Maybe I can do it, but the, stre- but the stress I don't need. Oh, $5 for the infinite rocket launcher? Good deal. Now I can have fun in this game destroying stuff. Do you think this is good practice going forward? Let the game sit for months, then release DLC to unlock all the secrets. I thought I would hate it, But I have no time. This is a better option. EJ.
1: I think this is great. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's kind of going to be controversial, but I mean, it's five bucks. That's not very much money. Right. And he makes a good point that, you know, it came out in January. It's April now, so it's been at least two months. And that's just enough time, especially for a short game like Resident Evil 2. Right. Um, I mean, five bucks, unlock all the secrets. Why not?
0: Uh, yeah. I I saw this morning and I was like, oh, okay. It didn't It, it doesn't hurt anybody. No, and that was my thing. Game. And then there were questions about it. And I was surprised. There was two of them, EJ and then another person. I think the other person was a little bit more negative, but not like super like what the fuck negative. Mm-hmm. No, I thought I think he makes the best point, right? That if you're the hardcore Resident Evil 2 fan, you wanted to go do all this stuff, you probably already did You've it.
1: You've done it already. So why yeah. not
0: unlock it for the people like, hey, I'm Greg, and I looked at that shit and I was like, no chance I'm doing any of that. Yeah. I enjoyed this game, but I don't want to go do all that stuff. True. And I'm I kinda funny.com slash wrong. I don't think. It, any of this would affect your uh, trophies or achievements, so I don't think this is cheesy in a way that you would buy them and then be able to unlock. Uh, like it would either unlock those, or you know, for like the hardcore, there's there are crazy hard trophies on there. I doubt kindofunnycom slash you're wrong. You can take the in, uh, infinite ammo in there because well, that would kind of break it.
1: I would hope that if there are trophies tied to these, that buying the DLC would not trigger the trophies.
0: Yeah, exactly. You you'd hope it would mm-hmm. turn it off, but I think I don't think that's probably the. But backend. also.
1: Who cares? It's trophies.
0: Well, hold on. First off, trophies are a big deal. But secondly, if this does unlock the trophies, I'm mm-hmm. gonna buy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that would be the only reason why. It's, I, it's, that could be the yeah. hill I could see if you wanted to make a stand to be mad mm-hmm. about something. Okay, cool. I have the platinum in Resident Evil. I'd unlock this incredibly difficult trophy. Now you can cheese it this way. That's kind of blah blah blah. You get, I. But again, it's video games and it's an e penis <laughs> and who the fuck cares? Like, I ain't got
1: time to be mad about that, Greg. You're I don't. We don't things have time. I agree
0: 100. I'm not. You're not wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're in there. Nobody's, well, nobody's arguing. They're saying that it's fine. That was my thing too. But yeah, it's good. I think it's a good way to do it in terms of it's not at launch. If you've done it and this mattered to you, you've probably done it. Why hold somebody back? Right. And it goes back to this conversation that continues to spiral of just like, uh, accessibility versus easy versus whatever. Like mm-hmm. how, how do you, how do you gatekeep games and what is your game designed you to be? I think it's pretty clear here. Yeah. That with this releasing, that Capcom is like, well, that's not our intention. You know what I mean? Our intention mm-hmm. isn't to lock you out of these cool things people made. We probably see it in the back end how many people have done the things to unlock these things. That's not happening. Why not, first off, of course, we're a business. Try to get more money out of you. Like, sure, if you were really excited for that, five extra dollars is great. But also, why not give you another reason to turn the game back on? This is the problem with, you know, we talk about used games. We talk about how hard it is to make single player games. We talk about all these different things. T- making your game and then having it you know, put on the shelf for two months, eventually somebody's gonna think about trading in, deleting it from their console, doing all these different things. Stop talking about it, which stops selling it. Uh, If you couldn't go out there and give people another reason to jump in and play, why not? I'm fine. I'm for it. Barrett, you care? What? Good. New dates (laughs) for you? The one over here that I forgot, Tetris 99 is getting a new tournament this weekend. Let Kevin from GameSpot tell you all about it. Nintendo is holding another tournament in Switch is Battle Royale-inspired Tetris game, Tetris 99. The second Maximus Cup runs this weekend from April 12th through the 14th with another $10 worth of My Nintendo Gold points at stake. And this time around, you don't need to be a Tetris master to have a shot at winning. Unlike the first Maximus Cup, which ranked participants by the number of first-place wins they racked up during the tournament, all players will receive a different amount of points depending on what place they finish during this weekend's competition. Every 100 points you'll amass uh, will count towards one Tetris Maximus, uh, equivalent to a first place win. You can see the full point breakdown on GameSpot.com.
1: Greg? Yeah. $10 seems a little ridiculously low for a weekend tournament. Nintendo couldn't pony up at least $100? $100? Nintendo, got that much money?
2: Times are tight, man.
1: No, they're not. They have a giant (laughs) pile of gold in Japan. It's Uh, huge.
0: Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't think it's... It's not I a mean, winner take all. I think multiple people are getting the $10.
1: Okay, I'm looking at the details. I'm Please pulling up the, the fine print.
0: Pull up the fine print. Because I think it's, yeah, if you get in the whatever bracket, you get multiple. They just don't a
2: have a Zelda or Mario this year. They got to hold back. I they mean, got like, Animal uh,
0: Crossing yeah. coming, brother. Uh-huh. And maybe Persona 5. Fuck you, Barrett. Fuck you, Barrett. <laughs> I don't think I've been on the show since you got fucking proved wrong by rumors. But I'm taking his truth. All right. Sucks, doesn't it? Huh? I, I already said publicly. Like, I the saw show. it, I heard it, but I want you to know that I'm here and I don't forget. I'm like an <laughs> okay. elephant over here with one eye, and I remember you took Andrea was also out the a eye. naysayer. You took out the eye. But that's Andrea's role, all right? Okay. It's a- true. Andrea needs to, somebody needs to weigh me down. It doesn't need to be you. All right? You're supposed to lift me up. Like well, now Josh I'm on Groban
1: your
2: side. Song. For summer vibes coming. It's too late. Did all all I the, did. D- okay.
1: There will be 999 winners, and they will each receive 999 My My Nintendo Gold points with an approximate retail value of 10 US dollars. The total prizes will be $9,990 US. Okay. I still think it's too low. (laughs) Tight. Andrea can't be
0: happy about anything
1: <laughs> uh, Other new dates for you.
0: Independent developer and publisher Rebellion Today announced an official release date for Sniper Elite V2 Remastered On PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch the remaster of the studio's 2012 classic will launch on digital storefronts May 14th. Fans can pre-order Sniper Elite's V2 Remastered from today and take advantage of a special 10% discount on the digital edition ahead of launch. Box editions of Sniper Elite V2 Remastered will also be available May 14th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and distributed by Sold Out. You added that, Andrea. Thank you for that.
1: Um, I just want to quickly mention... Do it. Um... Big Kurz makes a good point. Greg, you frequently buy cheap, easy platinum games, which involve tasks such as rapidly tapping a button. Do you really have a problem with trophies being enabled for RE2 cheating DLC?
0: 100%, I do not. That's what I was saying. I was saying if you wanted a hill to die on, I could understand maybe that. That's <laughs> not Greg Miller. I said if that does unlock the trophies, I'm fucking buying it. You getting me? <laughs> I have one coming up and somebody gave a shout out to an easy ass platinum for 15 bucks and you bet your ass on buying that. I make terrible financial decisions. I'm 100% in. I,
1: I, you know, don't <laughs> (laughs) Don't Don't even get me started. No, I don't
0: care. I'm just saying I can understand people being upset about that.
1: Okay, touche. Uh,
0: Reader mail time. But first, I'm going to tell you, it's brought to you by HIMS. Uh, you've heard us talking about HIMS and how they are helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age 35. And once they start to notice thinning hair, it's too late to do anything about it. That's why you need to be like Nick Scarpino and Andy Cortez in the other room. They noticed their thinning hair. They went to 4 and they talked to a professional about how what they could do. Now Andy gets these gummies that he... he first off, I don't know why Andy eats everything in gummy form. Barrett, are you aware of this? Yeah, I he, he's the other day he's like he wants some vitamin C. I'm like sure, and they were gummies. I was like, what? The, how old are you? He, anyway, he's a man he- child. He gets the gummies because he loves it, and gummies are there if you want it to help his thinning hair. Uh, The best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still can. Uh, That's why people are turning to ForHims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, and more for men. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. These aren't snake oil pins or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. Hims connects you with real doctors. Online, which could save you hours. Uh, you can get the hair loss treatment everyone is talking about. It's been featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, and Playboy to name a few, including kind of funny. Our listeners get. Started with HIMS for a complete hair kit for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. Of course, this is all subject to the doctor's approval. This could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. Go to ForHIMS.com slash gamesdaily. That's forhim dot com slash gamesdaily. ForHIMS.com slash gamesdaily. We're also brought to you by Harry's. Harry's? Is all about razors. Harry's founders were tired of paying up front for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. They knew that a great shave doesn't come with gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that look like spaceships. Tactics that the leading brand has been using to raise prices for decades. They've fixed all that by combining a simple, clean design with a quality, durable blade in a fair price. Harry's brought bought a world-class uh, blade facility in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Harry's replacement cartridges are just $2 each. That's half the price of the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield, and they all come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you didn't know, this is what Tim uses on that Trademark Tim Tam beard he uses it to get up here and shave this down he shaves down the neck like that and he keeps it all trim and spiffy and then he puts on sneakers that cost way too much get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close comfortable shave including a weighted ergonomic handle five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade uh, cover listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harry's.com slash games daily join the 10 million who have tried harry's claim your trial offer by going to harry's.com slash games daily and let them know we sent you to help support the show. Show,
2: show, show
0: show ignacio rojas writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says what's shaking bacon <laughs> i want to talk about people's obsession with end game content so the one thing everybody seems to talk about regarding The Division 2 is its endgame. This was true even before the game came out. It's almost as if the only part of the game that really matters is the endgame, but is that a good thing? Is it fair for people to expect to get only get the true game only after several hours of gameplay? Isn't this kind of like how people talk about the game getting good after 15 hours? I get people wanting to have stuff to do after the game is done, but shouldn't we expect the true game to start well before the end? Anyway, keep up keep being awesome. And Andrea, your hair is looking great today. Greg, you can clearly put in more effort. <laughs> I am in a t-shirt today, Ignacio, so you nailed it.
2: Andrea? Yes.
0: Why do we get so hung up? You you play all sorts of these games. The, you know, these games of service. Obviously, I'm obsessed with the division, you're obsessed with mm-hmm. the division as well. Why do we put so much focus on end game period in these kind of games?
1: I think people put focus on end game cuz they want a reason to keep playing, but you only want a reason to keep playing if the game is good from the beginning. Right. Um, you know, we were talking uh, to Ignacio yesterday because he didn't understand why we liked The Division 2 so much. So, Fran and I were trying to explain it. Yeah. Um. But when it comes to games of services, you know, at large, whether you're playing Guild Wars or Warframe or Destiny, um, I think people want more endgame content because once they hit, you know, the, the narrative campaign end, they want a reason to keep playing. And we know that doing narrative gameplay... Design is incredibly intense yeah, Um, and creating short little quests is not nearly as intensive as creating like a 30-hour campaign for example And so I think you know when people talk about wanting in game It's because they really love spending time in that universe in that world with their friends and they want more stuff to play
0: Yeah, I think the reason division twos end game was talked about so much is because you've seen games like destiny Two, like anthem Dropped the ball on that at launch where that has been the argument right that people are playing these games not to get to endgame but to get to what the, re- the next 150 200 300 hours of their time with the game's going to be mm-hmm. and so I think that the reason people drove that home so much in uh, pre coverage in promotional materials now that we're all there in tier five is the fact that no holy shit this game is still fun to play like what I'm, I'm three days of play in in terms of my hour clock a little bit more like you uh, that's what's impressive about these games I think for sure the division two from the start is awesome and fun and totally has a great gameplay loop and so to get to get to the end and have them all right cool now here are specializations and you have to level those up all right cool here's world tier five like we we just got to before I went to New York and you kept playing this weekend mm-hmm. here's your first gear sets to chase and here are like you were telling me about all the exotic stuff you're already on and the real grind of trying to get in there it's like well yeah like in the same way, other games will turn me off when it's like, oh, man, you know, when I hear you and Fran talking about grinding and destiny for light or whatever, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that, but I love the division two's world so much that yeah, what you're talking about of trying to grind from 490 to 500 for a gear score. Yeah, I'm all in for to do that for a while and run every week run the, you know, uh, capital building stronghold and do everything that else leads up there and get these secret missions like the reason people are talking about the end game and focusing on that isn't because the stuff that comes before sucks it's because this is so well done and there's a, it is a reason of like people jump into these games expecting to hang out a long time I don't think it's the same thing of man Final Fantasy whatever one of the Final Fantasies I forget which one oh that sucked for like 30 hours but then the game opened up and it's like yeah. well no that's not the same thing because that you just said it sucked in the beginning whereas Division 2 never sucked Destiny 2 yeah. never sucked in the beginning it was very much that you just wanted to have that experience over and over again and not be reminded oh I'm just grinding this in a weird not fun way
1: when you want the grinding to feel like it's part of the progression loop that you're grinding towards something and not just aimlessly even though if the gameplay is fun enough grinding aimlessly can be very fun too yeah but i think when it comes specifically to the division 2 what i love about what massive has done with the end game is that they've given me a reason to really explore the depth of the rpg system that Mm, they've really mm, built mm. around in that game so whether it be like me now working on a different specialization skill tree sure or maybe i'm going to try a, d- a couple of different sets of recalibrating
0: skills. W- weapons right yeah, yeah
1: exactly or maybe i'm going to start looking for specific talents and building my gear yep. sets and that to me is like where the kind of like really like nerdy science of the rpg really comes in yeah. and it can be incredibly rewarding to run those missions to get new gear but what the really cool thing about what they've done with the division is that I don't feel like I've been doing a lot of repetitive content yet because sure. I just finished my last side mission and I'm like Easily, you know, like 60, 70 hours plus oh, yeah. of playtime into yeah. this game. And, and there's still more stuff on the map that I can go check out. So like much more, right? Hidden yeah. secrets and things like that. And I just love the world building that they did. And I think that's why people enjoy endgame content, whether it be The Division or whatever your life service game of choice is.
0: And that's the thing you're talking about. It's like I feel... It does such a great job of being an RPG, but not being the RPG I would traditionally think of, right? Where I'm like, oh, man, I love I love Western RPGs. I love fallouts. I love making decisions. I love doing this stuff. Whereas for me, my division character is very much the gun I'm using, the talent I've assigned to it, the outfit I'm wearing, where I unlocked my you know backpack bling or whatever, and then running into you or running into people from the Kind of Funny Clan and, it, and then them being completely different. And am like, oh, no, I, I made an SMG. I'm like, really? God, I just break those down right away because I'm locked into what I like and you actually have these characters that you've built with your own lore for back of a you know letter right. you know of what made you go that way and the the battles you face. Like what a fucking special game. I'm telling you it'd be great if we just pause all video games for a while and just play yep. that game.
1: I mean, yeah, just call up the folks at Bend. Tell them to delay. Days gone.
0: Uh, man, we'll I, I, think that, I think they've let that one cook long, <laughs> long enough. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I don't worry about days Gone. Now. Come on now, Andy. Um, saucy Biscuit, you almost made it, but I'm skipping you today. Aww. Dapper Steven with a PH writes in. Thekindoffunny.com slash Patreon. See what I did there? No need for the shock collar. Even the shout out to the person that did bring me the shock watch. Oh. I have a shock watch now that you can control with Bluetooth, Barrett, if you want.
2: Okay. I like I like My that. My favorite idea. thing
0: at the end of the meet and greet was when I finally got reunited with Nick, I was like, Oh hey, we got a cool new watch. He's like, Really? And I put it on him and then I tapped in and it shocked him and I <laughs> ran away. And he still gave it back to me later on. Anyways, Dapper seen with a PH says. I wanted to write in with an easy platinum alert. Boo wee. That's the new Easy Platinum Alert. Song, oh, okay. Right? Okay. Uh, Super Weekend Mode is supposed to come out today for all the platforms, but the only ones that matter is the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. Vita lives. What makes this little game so special is that it's published by uh, Radalika Games, and they make a whole... Oh, he says, here. if you're unfamiliar with Radalika, they are a small publisher with dozens of small Easy Platinum games. Uh, every game is usually less than $5, takes anywhere between 15 minutes and one hour, and is crossed by. Oh, and to top it off, the trophy list always stacks. Uh... Radalika's tweets usually always end with hashtag Vita Island so they know what they are doing with their games and to be honest I appreciate it I know nothing about Super Weekend Mode since the store hasn't updated yet but the trophies have popped on a few sites and there are 11 gold and 1 platinum
1: Hmm.
0: get on it Antri you kidding me come on
1: well I just uh, I gifted my Vita at oh, right. yeah, don't yeah, forget. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got oh, a brand yeah. new home. Krista loves it. Yeah, but was, and now that Vita's stack, no longer going to live life in a drawer. It's going to live life being played you with can't stack your trophies Persona now for Golden. You know I mean? That's fair. That's good.
0: That's good. Don't you
1: think that Vita's, Vita's in a better place?
0: No, I love my Vita. You know what I mean? Sits there. That's like I open the drawer. It's like, what are we going to do? Oh, just 15 minutes of playing some crap game trophy back in the drawer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on. I'm all over it, Dapper Steven. Thanks for the heads up. Alex Russ, a.k.a. Zero Syndicate, writes in and says, Kotaku recently put up impressions of Bloodstain Ritual of the Night, the spiritual successor to the classic Castlevania. The author, Ethan, came out underwhelmed by the experience, essentially stating that the experience just didn't feel right. Bloodstain raised $5.5 million on Kickstarter and is looking to be on the path of yet another underperforming Kickstarter game. Do you think that perhaps the hype behind these Kickstarters, Mighty Number no. 9, Bloodstained, etc., is just too much to meet expectations? Shovel Knight is a phenomenal experience, but didn't come out swinging with a pedigree to that of... Oh, uh, uh Koji, uh, Igarashi of Castlevania fame, nor that of KG K- K- Inafune of Mega Man fame. Why don't we, see, why don't, why don't see too many Kickstarter games make headlines anymore? And perhaps it's time of a bygone era, uh, or the big name creators, of, uh, what's going on with these Kickstarter games? I feel like, yes, you don't see Kickstarter making headlines anymore because even when we were at IGN, I remember us being like, we got to stop reporting on Kickstarter games. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. When when Double Fine did it, it was new and novel and crazy. And then, yeah, when Inafune did it, when uh, 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 Castlevania, i escape my name right now, when Iga, when Iga did it, when all these people, it was like, oh my God, they're doing it and their classic things coming back. But then it is this thing over and over again of like, I mean... Ega came by kind of funny the spare bedroom and did content with us for that game. That game's been cooking forever and that's just an impossible amount of hype to keep up when you look at anything, when it's you look at Duke Nukem, when you look at any game that's been in the hopper forever, by the time you've let it finally get to the point where it's going to get close to coming out and people playing it, can it live up to the hype people have put in their own head?
1: I mean generally no. Yeah. I think very few examples, you know, buck that trend of really wowing audiences. Now, I think most of those games come up to, you know, good or even great reception, but yeah. being excellent and like top of the class, it's it's tough to say cuz sometimes when you have game development that goes on for that long, you've iterated too much. Right. And you've maybe changed your mind one too many times and the original vision, maybe lost. And, and what you promised fans is not necessarily what they're getting. Right. I think, you know, you look like you look at an example like Mighty Number no. 9 and what happened with that Kickstarter. And eventually, you know, the game that came out. And I mean, it came out to incredibly mixed reviews. If oh, yeah. Not, well,
0: I think they were negative. Probably mostly yeah.
1: negative. Right. And so. I think it's 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 tough and game development is long and expensive. So it's like, yeah. what's the solution? You know, I know that you know Fig is another platform that developers sure. tend to go with and maybe more successful for video game development because Kickstarter, I I feel like tends to be um, a better venue for different types of media like a documentary film or sure. a music album or a piece of art, and it seems to be a easier path to success for those types of um, of art, but. I don't know game game dev is hard, man.
0: Yeah. And it's long and it does, you have to share so much stuff so early and it's just so incredibly difficult to keep on that track. I feel and have yeah. people happy, excited. And then cause inevitably hype can turn not sour, but Hey, I gave you money for this. Where is it? You know what I mean? I need this update. What is taking so long? Why about, and you do see people, uh, coming out and not aping ideas, but doing same things in the genre that are arguably better than what you thought you were going to get from this other game that you're waiting for. And I think you talk about, uh, Inafune with Mighty Number 9, right? That was definitely a weird one of, oh, cool, he's left Capcom, he's doing this on his own, awesome, people supported him, and then he did work on other projects with other people, right? Like, ReCore came out and all these different things. It was just like, oh, so is this even your main thing anymore? Like, I felt like, I think at the time, people were very much thinking of it in in a kind of funny way, right? Of like, oh, you left this big name to do a smaller your thing. We want to support that thing. But then he still kept doing other things.
1: Well, and I think game development sometimes gets into trouble on Kickstarter because you have too many cooks in the kitchen, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. When you're crowdfunding something, you want the crowd to be part of that process and part of that creative um insight and so you offer all these different rewards and the tiers and a lot of times people who run kickstarters get so wrapped up in running the kickstarter and fulfilling rewards that they don't have the time to really dedicate to the original creative vision the whole reason that they're there to raise funds in the first place yeah and i think all eyes are really on the next big kickstarter project that's due to come out shenmue 3
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like,
1: that raised a ton of money, yeah. right? Obviously, supplemented. They had to get additional funds yeah. to get that game made, of course. But, I mean, do you think that game's going to live up to the hype?
0: I don't know. Because that's a sliding scale of, like, what... I, I Don't get me wrong. I know people love Shenmue. Did they? But I like if it, people love it, but it wasn't a great game. Like I that mean, it's was a, a
1: cult following. Exactly. And sure. So that's the
0: thing where I feel like that one has a better chance at succeeding because it is a cult following. Whereas when you know when you look into EGA's game, it was very much like, man, Konami hasn't made a Castlevania like Castlevania in a while. We want that kind of game. He's making that kind of game awesome, and that was such a long time ago that we got that message mm-hmm. to the point that even the what the Inti Creates put out the uh, the 8-bit version or whatever, right, already that's already come and gone, and which was well-received, which people really, really dug. Jared loved it on Switch. Like, are people still clamoring in the same way for this thing?
1: Well, the thing is, particularly when we're talking about Castlevania, is that there's so many indie devs doing riffs on the um style of game yeah. that... It's like, do we need another Castlevania? But if we do, if people are so committed to that lore and that narrative specifically in those characters and that world, then you would think Konami would be investing in it, but they're not for a reason. And maybe that's because the people who are diehard fans aren't big enough to justify the incredible expense to make another game. And you see people who are kind of getting their appetite fulfilled with that style of game or that genre of game with all these really amazing indie darlings that are really doing... Innovative and unique stuff in that space.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too is yeah. Indies continue to come in right with a smaller budget, uh, lower expectations, and have a greater chance for success. Right, and that's what you. I think if you could look at it differently and you talk about Mighty Number Nine or you and I mean I'm totally putting myself in shoes that I don't have maybe any business doing it. But Iga uh, Inafune. I think you'd see that done differently. I think you'd see them create a smaller team, get funding privately, and then announce it. Hey, we have Bloodstain. It's a spiritual successor to Castlevania and it's coming out. In a year, and a month, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean, an announcement and put it out, rather than do what they have to do here, where we have the idea for the game we want to make, we need you to fund it, which means it's going to be in front of you, warts and all, for a very long time before you ever get to the, playing it.
1: Yeah, it's tough because it reminds me of a conversation I had with a developer recently, who I'll leave unnamed at the moment, but Corey Barlow, um, him talking about <laughs> it wasn't Corey, him talking about how they shopped a game to several publishers and to the platforms and that nobody would help them and that they Mm. weren't able to get success and so they finally were like we're just going to roll with the small team we have it means that we have to cut a lot of the feature sets that we wanted in the final product but we're going to do it because we're passionate about this game we want to make it but getting other people to believe in your vision and being able to take a financial risk on that vision is one of the most difficult things in video game development
0: 100% this is usually where we do squad up, but instead we're going to blow the dust off an old segment <laughs> called P.S. I love this best friend where you would write in and talking about somebody you love Aww. today. Billy the door writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says I'm submitting for P.S. I love this best friend, but hope it's OK. I take you on a bit of a ride. Feel free to trim if needed. I didn't trim shit, Billy. <laughs> One year ago, I submitted a P.S. I love this best friend for Kyle and Matt for introducing themselves to me at PAX East and welcoming to the community of NY best friends, including Mike and Kelsey. The past year, I have had the pleasure of attending so many great community events, of course, culminating with the NYC meetup and community events this past weekend. None of our community events would be possible without Kyle, Kelsey, and Mike's hard work and dedication to the community. I'm still here on Monday, grinning like an idiot, thinking about all the fun moments and new friends I made. Moments like figuring out how to explain to passerbys why we are overloading this bar, moving from one said overloaded bar to a nearby park, and then watching the nutter butter prank from KFAF in said park because come on! It's a masterpiece, then running back to the bar so Greg could go to the bathroom, but getting the chance to have a drink with Tim and Gia instead. I had a blast the entire time. Thank you to Kyle, Kelsey, and Mike for their hard work, and thank you to the KF crew for bringing us all together. It's an honor to be part of such a great community. Billy the Door. Well said, Billy. You're an amazing person. Thank you, of course, yes, to everybody who helped out making the meet and greet happen. Everybody from the uh, New York uh, group over there that does such great work in terms of these uh, community meetups. And, of course, everybody who listens and goes to Reddit and goes to Facebook and goes anywhere and just spreads the message of being a kind of funny best friend. You're all awesome. Oh, sorry. Uh, P.S. Billy Adore says, Also, shout out to the nanobiologist for getting Greg to sign the thank you cards while he had to run to the bathroom. (laughs) And also for being a total homie and great person to hang with. Agreed. Uh, it's time for You're Wrong. This is where people go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screwed up as we screw it up. Uh, so we set the record straight for everybody. We did well today, Andrea. We've been cleaning up as we go, by the way. Uh, Zaire has the only one that looks like we did. Deal of the day that we missed. Enter the Gungeon is 50% off uh, at $7.50 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I know they're oh. wrapping up DLC stuff on that.
1: Oh, and then Kebabs mentions, in case it isn't mentioned, required reading potential for Kotaku's The Past and Present of Dragon Age 4. Ooh. Um, Kebabs writes it's like the Anthem and Andromeda investigations about how Bioware had to reboot development after Anthem and EA's push for live service Ooh. games to their dev teams. Interesting. I did not see that. Yeah, that one, Thank I think you just for the call. Also, p.m. whoever yeah, is in there right now, just stop wasting your time. We're not going to read all your mumbo jumbo. <laughs> Seriously. Like, what are you doing? If
0: also, you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week to on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show patreon.com kind of funny games if you like that great you've already gone there and done that so that's fantastic watch this recorded live twitch.tv kind of funny games watch it later youtube.com kind of funny games roosterteeth.com listen on podcast servers around the globe tomorrow it's me and Gary Wita for the well. first widow Wednesday I've done in a long 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 time Thursday Andrea's is back with me and then Friday Tim and I close out the week all right all right Barrett until next time ladies and gentlemen it's been our pleasure to serve you